This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Do you want to be better in bed? Do you want to have more fun when you're having SCX? Well, then you need to know all about my new sponsor, Promescent. They're best known for having the only clinically proven delay spray that helps men last longer in bed. And let me tell you, this spray is not just for guys with PE. It's for you. It's for any guy out there that wants to up their performance, be better in bed. And the best thing is it's not going to numb you out. That's because Promescent uses a patented technology that just desensitizes the most sensitive nerves. So you're not sacrificing pleasure. Promescent also sells lube and condoms and female arousal gel and unisex supplements that make you hornier and it all fucking works. I promise you. Not only do 2,000 medical professionals recommend Promescent, I do too. I use their products. I have their products. I love their products. You will not be disappointed. All you need to do is go to delayspray.com and use my discount code strictlyanon15 to receive 15% off your first order. Promescent has a 60-day money-back guarantee. Your package arrives discreetly, and they offer free shipping on any order over 10 bucks. So go to delayspray.com. Strictly on 15 for 15% off and you could thank me later. And I thank Promescent for sponsoring this episode and now back to the episode. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you're on YouTube uh, and you're listening to this there, please subscribe to my channel, like and share my videos, and comment below. I try to respond to every person who makes a comment on there. I love talking to people who listen to my show and getting in conversations with people about the show. Um, and I have to say, probably uh, 99% or 100% of my guests go on there and reply back to people who comment on my episode. I know for a fact that Jeff, the person who I'm talking to today, will be looking at the comments and talking to people. So if you can't have a comment about this episode or any other ones, uh, any other episodes I have, make sure to go to my YouTube channel, comment in the comment section, and subscribe to my channel. Um, if you could write a review, write a review, or just give me five stars. I'm no longer having people, uh, I'm no longer taping people. The only uh, people I'll tape are women. So if you're a woman and you have got a great story and you want to be on my show while remaining is totally anonymous send me an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show i'm taking a break i'll probably start taping people again maybe in the summer but i'm just too backed up i tape so many people so many people want to be on the show at this point that i have to hold off if you want to talk to me on the down low you could do that there's a there you know what you could do that on patreon i charge for that um 
but also on my Patreon, what's really interesting right now is I started a new uh, thing where I'm posting anonymous pics of people. It's only $3 right now you all you get. But besides getting the anonymous pics, you also get these. Um, my videos, uh, you know, you get my episodes three days early, right? Um, but that's going to go up. As If you sign up this month, you'll have it all locked in. Everyone that signed up already, you'll be locked in at $3. But after this month, it's going to be a lot more. Um, but it's a great new addition and a great new feature. It's still anonymous. I cut, you know, no heads are being shown. I don't even let people send me pictures with heads in it because I still want the people to remain anonymous to me. But you'll see people. You'll be able to get, you'll be able to put a picture to the fake voice and to the story. And, you know, I already have some pictures up of my most famous guests, Molly and Christine. Okay, so if you want to see them and then some, go to patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast and sign up. Today I have on Jeff Abraham from Promescent. Now, Jeff is the CEO of Promescent. When I was doing a deep dive into Promescent, besides being totally blown away by their products and all the information that they had on their website, I was intrigued by Jeff. I saw that he was on other people's podcasts and he was really interesting. He knows a lot about sex. I would say he's an expert and, you know, I, I, he's not on here to talk only about Promescent products, okay? I would never put you guys through that. There's no cheesy infomercial coming up. This is just, you know, like my other episodes. It's a conversation between two people and it's super informative. We talk about a lot of personal things with Jeff because that's what I like to do. Besides hearing all about Promescent and how he acquired the company, which is fucking crazy story. Okay. It's like a Dateline episode. It involves murder. I swear to you, I'm not making it up. <laughs> You're going to hear that story. But he also talks about, we talk about him and you know what he was doing sexually when he was really young and how there were issues with it with his parents and how they felt and the shame about it. We talk about his views on porn and uh, sex and he's 63 and never been married. He talks about why he hasn't. He's a single dad. Like I'm a single mom. We talk about that and we talk a lot about SEX. I mean, he is an expert and I was excited and that's why I was excited to have him on because he, he knows a lot about it. He has a lot of tips that he could help you and it's not like, oh, use my product. I mean, he has real tips about intimacy and how you can become better and bad. That's the logo for Promescent, and that's what we focus on here. There's so much more. I can't, I'm not going to tell you every fucking thing we talk about. You're going to have to listen. You're going to want to listen. The minute you start listening, you're not going to want to stop. Um, so I'm going to be right back on with Josh. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hey, Jeff. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. I need to give your last name, your last name here, because you're Jeff Abraham, the CEO Correct. of Promescent, right? Would you say it's a sexual wellness company? What? How would you explain Promescent? Because I think some people might. Promescent yeah. is absolutely a sexual wellness company, but mm -hmm. we've evolved. Mm -hmm. If you would have said two years ago, what is Promescent? And I would have said it is the leading delay spray company. You know. In, in the that came out of the medical community and now is more recreational. Right. But we've evolved into a complete sexual wellness company. So that's exactly how we brand ourselves now. Mm -hmm. Our logo used to be Promescent, you know, last longer. Now it's Promescent Better in Bed. And our Promescent Spray 
is make love longer. Our lubes are make love smoother. Our condoms are make love safer. You know, so our, yeah. our Vitafluxes make love healthier. So you're, you hit it right on the head. That's pitch perfect. Yeah. We're a sexual wellness brand. Right. And you have a lot of different amazing products. I was sent a whole bunch of samples. I am 100% going to try them out. I have my booty call guy coming over next week. He already knows we're trying them all out. He's down, right? So I'll have, <laughs> uh, you know, but when I was researching your company, because I did, a, normally I don't research people I'm talking to because I don't know who they are and I prefer it that way. But, you know, when I knew that you were coming on and we we're going to, you're like an expert in this field and you're probably going to teach me a lot of stuff that I I need to know. I went Googling on your website and did a deep dive. And I love, where I want to start out is I love that, you know, when I went on there, I saw that little video that you have on there. And it was all about the orgasm gap, which I thought was like super interesting. And I think a lot of people don't know about that, right? And so I think somebody, you know, because we're going to start talking a lot about the, I, I would love to talk about the delay spray, right? A lot. And this goes hand in hand with it in that. And I don't think a lot of guys know, maybe they're like sitting there thinking they have a problem, right? Because they're always coming so fast, but, or coming before their partner, but mm-hmm. there is a huge gap just to begin with, right? Absolutely. I'll, let's take the conversation even out of PE. Let's yeah. Take the conversation. Right out of anybody who feels that they have an issue. Exactly. Let's talk about the normal, healthy, adult, 30 to 35-year-old man, mm-hmm. the normie, normal, healthy, adult, female, 30, 35 years of age. Mm-hmm. The average man lasts, you know, anywhere between 5 minutes and 30 seconds and 6 minutes of actual penetration or thrusting. Right. So there, that's the average IELT, which is inter-ejaculatory latency time. The average female takes 18 to 20 minutes of penetration or thrusting to achieve climax. That's crazy. This isn't PE. This is the normal healthy adult. Mm -hmm. So think about that. The normal average adult literally has a disparity of a man lasting approximately five and a half to six minutes and a woman taking 18 minutes to achieve climax. And it's a medical term. Professionals use it as the arousal gap or the orgasm gap. Mm -hmm. So what happens is people just assume in their minds, okay, to have satisfactory intimacy, I either have to have a vibrator, that's why there's 8 trillion vibrators in the world, or a man has to stop, start, switch positions, think about baseball scores, think about his grandmother naked, you know what I mean? That a lot of men literally can't think erotically during intimacy because it helps push him over the edge. And it creates an anxiety yeah. that a lot of men try to emotionally and visually numb themselves because they want to last. If there's anything that doesn't belong in intimacy, it's anxiety. You know, right. yeah. having intimacy is supposed to be about reckless abandon, enjoying yourself, mm-hmm. letting yourself go. Not as a man sitting there going, oh, God, not yet, not yet, not yet. Is she done yet? You know, and there's a lot of men who use our product who didn't feel they had a need for a delay spray, who didn't feel like they would fall into a premature ejaculation category, but they just knew that I want to wear two condoms instead of one. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to desensitize myself, that I literally am going to perform cunnilingus for 35 or 40 minutes, even if I don't want to, because I have to get my woman that much closer. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. we start that, you know, having the proper product that is safe and also is effective can literally change it to, do I want my partner to orgasm or do I want my partner to have two or three orgasms before I'm done? And 
that change, that control is very powerful. You know, a lot of men love the idea of that's now off the table. I can really, really work on, you know, enjoying this rather than have anxiety over this. If a man is prematurely ejaculating, he will also, some of that will transfer to the female because she will start thinking, am I not that desirable? Here's my partner, and he appears to be numb. He's not enjoying himself. Mm -hmm. He's not enjoying himself because he's so paranoid about lasting long Uh, enough for you to have pleasure, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in his head. It's in his head. Mm -hmm. I call it the layering effect. Yeah. Because what happens is you get layer upon layer. The guy... It literally numbs himself emotionally because he doesn't want to feel the pleasure and go over that point of no return and ejaculate. The woman starts sensing, well, he's not that into me. He's kind of robotic Mm -hmm. during sex. Then the guy starts thinking, well, I'm not pleasuring her because she's like, I'm not going to, you know, be out here all, you know, uh, you know, moaning and really getting into it because he doesn't appear to, you know. And then the guy's thinking, I'm not pleasing her. And then you have layer upon layer because you haven't really discussed it. And I tell people one of the best foreplay tools, one of the best sexual tools you can have is communication, you know? For sure. And discuss the issues that couples face, you know, while being intimate and everything, so that you have a higher degree of understanding and you also have more tools in the proverbial tool bag so that you can address these issues and have the best intimacy possible. Yeah, I've literally seen a guy's face change. If I'm like, wait a second, you know, I'm going to come like, don't stop. Like, you know what I'm, and I, you literally, I could see, you know, I'm not a guy, so I don't know what the fuck's going on in his head, but I definitely see the change in his face where he goes someplace else. And I guess, like you said, he's thinking about football, anything so that he doesn't go over the edge because he wants to no, get exactly. me there, but he's ready to go himself right yeah, away. That's right. exactly right. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea as a man <laughs> the, the anxiety that uh, it creates. You know what yeah, I mean? That yeah. you have this great evening, you're in the middle of everything, and if I finish right now, my partner's going to be unsatisfied. Right. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I always think like, you know, we're animals first and foremost, right? I always love the whole animal thing. And, and yeah. you know, like, oh, a woman gets really super horny when she's ovulating and that's nature's way, right? We're animals that we, we need to go and procreate. Yes. That's our purpose. So, of course, we're going to get horny at that time. Now, I know from having a baby and going through a lot of fertility issues to have one that, you know, to to have to both orga to orgasm while the sperm is coming in, right? That creates a better uh, atmosphere for the sperm and embryo, to, the sperm and the egg yes. to meet, right? So it it doesn't make sense to me in nature that there's an orgasm gap. Like, why the fuck did nature make the male uh, orgasm at a different time? That seems kind of like def- like a defect, you know? Because they should be together, right? But that's not the way that it is. But your spray helps people get to that place. It helps them get to that place. Now, let me tell you, I feel like an amateur urologist having done this for the last 11 years working with urologists. A lot of it, and this is crazy, stems from even prehistoric times because we know that all men were almost premature ejaculators, you know, early on Uh because there was a fear most people were making love outdoors, you know what I mean, because people lived in caves, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and there was animals that would kill them. That's exactly. So your preservation led you to want to finish for fear of being devoured, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. And then as we then, you know, move into times like now, unfortunately, a lot of times religion gets into sex and people feel guilty. 
Okay, right. so from the time of a young man's first sexual awakening, they want to hurry up and get it over with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, um, right. Masturbating, yeah. mm-hmm. and so they're training themselves to basically prematurely ejaculate. Right. So it might be and an evolution, an evolutionary it's an, process. It's right? an evolutionary, yeah. and it's the society we live in. You know, mm-hmm. and you know when people first, you know, become intimate with a partner. This is even after people start masturbating say you're 14 15 years old you don't have your own home and your girlfriend comes over for the evening you live with your parents you know yeah your parents go to the market and yeah. you and your girlfriend oh my god i'm gonna pound this out you know before totally. parents get back yeah or you know you have a blanket you go out in the woods somewhere or you know whatever so even in a couple's early sexual you know awakening there's this feeling of, I got to get this done before I get discovered, you know? Yeah. And so that again leads to more pressure. And that again leads to a man thinking, I have to get this over with. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more destructive, like I said, to good intimacy, to anxiety or getting it over with and not enjoying it. So ideally, if we had the best scenario possible, parents would recognize this and say to their children when they become sexually active, hey, here's your part of the house, have at it, relax, you don't have to right. worry about us coming in, we're aware of what you're doing. Now, most parents would freak out hearing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And saying, oh my God, my 16 or 17-year-old, I'm giving them license to basically be a sexual being. Yeah. But we live in a society now that if you literally bury your head in the sand and have your children when it's obvious that they're sexually active, having to hide things. Number one, they're not going to be the best lover that they can be. Number two, they're not going to have access to the proper birth control and, you know, disease protection. You're better off as a parent when it's obvious your child is in a relationship and they're 16, 17, to explain sex, to explain uh, keeping unwanted pregnancies out of the equation, to explain how to stay safe from diseases and other things. But we just don't feel comfortable as parents having that conversation and basically greenlighting the ability to for your child to be intimate. But I don't get it personally because if you know your child is going to be intimate, who are you serving or what the hell is in your head when you're allowing it to go on under riskier circumstances rather than putting your child in a position to be safe, to be responsible, you know, for and sure. to make them potentially the best lover that they can possibly be because you want your children to have good satisfactory relationships when they get older yeah but listen i'm talking to a whole i mean i'm 52 you're six are you 63 62 63 yeah so you know we grew up in around the same time and i feel like a lot of people especially in our generations a lot of people calling into my show around our age living secret lives and you know doing all this kind of SEX stuff on the down low because we grew up in a time where it just wasn't talked about and there's a lot of shame and I always feel like you know because when I was when I had a baby a lot of people were like oh what about your show you know I'm talking to people about pantyhose fetish and you know cock cages and stuff and I'm like the only thing I'm gonna do to my son is probably like ruin his like naughty side like he's probably just gonna be like really vanilla straight lace because I'm not creating like this whole 
place of shame in him that he's going to do all this like hardcore naughty stuff, right? I feel like almost when you repress it more, it, <coughs> it becomes no more twisted, it's right? The old forbidden fruit. Exactly. You know, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my son is wonderful and I adore him, mm-hmm. but he just rolls his eyes. People are like, oh, did you hear your father's podcast? He goes, listen, I love my dad, uh, yeah. but he just laughs. He's like, he's a cartoon character. He goes, I have to listen to my dad talking about sex all the time. I love him because he is who he is. He's unashamed, but it's a little much. You know what I mean? Like for me, and, you know, I remember when I was, I think, I was probably about 48 or 49, I got a Sibian machine, Mm -hmm. and it came to the house. I was away at college, but he happened to be home, and he's like, (laughs) please tell me that's not what I think it is. I go, it's Uh exactly... He's like, oh, my God, I need to get into a 12-step counseling program. You know, I'm like, oh, my Lord. Uh Because it was just right there for him to see? Well, it came, and he oh, right, right, right. he signed for it or whatever, and he's like, what? Oh, my God, And hilarious. he was laughing, you know? And it was just one of those things that, you know, I've always been very open, and I I was one of the unique parents that, you know, when he was of the right age, 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. and I knew he was going to be sexually active, I said, listen, I don't want you to sneak around. You're certainly welcome. I want you to hopefully have, you know, a relationship and discover something with somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And I said, but you don't ever have to hide who you are, what you do. I said, I grew up in the 70s. There's nothing that I could do. And I remember I was a 15-year-old busboy at a country club when I lost my virginity to a 21-year-old waitress. Mm-hmm. And my mom worked at the same place. Oh, and yeah. at first, we would go in her car down the street, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. off on some side road. And then we started getting more adventuresome, and we were out in the parking lot, and the night watchman caught us. And There you go. That's why you... The freaking do- out, yeah. telling me there was something wrong with me. we got to tell your dad. You need psychological help and counseling. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, I'm 15 years old, yeah. making love to a 21-year-old woman. You and Dad ought to try this. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with this at all. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and someone telling me that there was something wrong with me, mm-hmm. someone telling me that I needed psychological counseling because, you know, as a, you know, 15-year-old male that I wasn't supposed to be attracted to a 20-year-old female, yeah. it creates this disparity in your mind that, wait a second, this feels really good. I like this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why is someone telling me this is wrong? Mm -hmm. This is not only wrong, it's really right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but like like you said, these parents that think that they don't want to talk about it, I I feel like it's the opposite thing happens, right? Is that, and that saying what you resist persists, right? So if you're telling your kid no or keeping it like a secret, you know, it's just going to make them want to do it more. And then it creates. It's going to make it do more. And you know, when. And it'll make them more horny for it, all that naughty shit. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. And think of the conflict you create in your child. Yeah. Okay. That the first time they have sex, they're like, hey, wait a second. My parents are telling me this is wrong. My parents are telling mm-hmm. me, you know, this is, this is the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you literally are conflicting your child. Totally. That something that they've been told is wrong, something they've been told is destructive, when they're experiencing it, it's the most powerful feeling they've ever had. So right away, they're like, are my parents lying to me? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, wait, it's confusing. What's wrong here? Yeah. Because... I want more of this feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to create that feeling of mistrust with you and your children. 
Right, but then, and it brings up the whole thing about porn too, right? Because then nowadays, in our days, there wasn't a lot of porn available, right? If you found that one VHS, it was like hitting the lottery. Now it's like yeah. all over the place. So if you're not talking to your kids about it, they're going to go online and of course, right? And it's just like a free for all. Yeah. And then what the fuck are they going to think about sex then? Because what's going on there? You know, talk about... I personally feel yeah. one of the most destructive things because I talk to a lot of our customers. I talk to, you know, we have this interactive chat feature and mm-hmm. I work yeah oh that's great an hour two hours a week and people say wait you're the ceo i said i need to understand how people find us i need to understand how they enjoy the products new products you know that we introduce and i go yeah think about it It makes sense Mm -hmm. and it does i personally believe that having access to porn at 13 14 years old because every 13 14 15 year old kid now has a cell phone so they can call their parents when to pick them up my five-year-old has one okay yeah exactly yeah but if you have a cell phone, if yeah. you have access to the internet, you're going to have access to porn. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Yeah. Okay. But one of the issues, and I believe this is a real big issue in today's society, whereas you and I didn't discover porn until after we were already being intimate for the most part, because yeah. at 15, 16, 17, you know, like I said, you had to either have some VHS that somebody had hidden away or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But one of the issues is people watch porn before they have sex. So for males, a lot of males figure, if I don't have a 10-inch penis, the circumference of a beer can, I'm under-endowed. You know what I mean? Exactly. If I don't last 25 minutes and getting ready to ejaculate, I pull out, run across the room, and hit my partner in the dead <laughs> in the forehead, you know what I mean, from yeah. 30 feet away, that I'm not ejaculating properly. For women... They think of Elizabeth Berkeley and showgirls having an orgasm like some fish flopping around out of water. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it creates these unrealistic views. So before people are literally intimate for the first time, they already have a warped sense of what intimacy is. They already Mm -hmm. have this unrealistic expectation, and you have a feeling like, oh, my God, I'm inadequate, before you've even had a chance to be intimate, which is insane. So that's why I think, you know, children and, you know, preteens having access to porn is really destructive. I had a gentleman, this was about a month ago, mm-hmm. that I was chatting with. You know, he was inquiring about our product and everything. And I think he was in his early 20s, maybe 21, 22. And he says, I last right now, now brace yourself for this, yeah. I last, you know, 25, 30 minutes, but I want to last an hour and a half. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, is your purpose punishing your partner or pleasuring your partner? Oh, my God. I said, if you're lasting 25 to 30 minutes and for some reason your partner is not satisfied or achieving climax, you need to work on your lovemaking skills not lasting longer, okay? Because that should be plenty of time for there to be, you know, mutual satisfaction. And I think that comes from the whole porn thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's really important that as a site, we become educational. And, you know, we have on our site, there's blogs and there's information and there are articles how yeah, long I love the that. average mm-hmm. man lasts. Yeah. There are articles, the average penis length among men. And so I think a lot of men read that and go, oh, my God, five and a half, I'm right in 
the average, you know what I mean? Yeah, because so I'm they, thinking, oh my god, I'm five and a half. I'm half of what I should be. You know, because they would, I they used to say like, oh, the average is six to eight, and I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. I've seen a lot of dicks in my life, and I don't see a lot of eights. And you know, I would yeah. say it's more like four to six, right? I don't know what yeah, is the exactly. actual. What is the the it's, real? It's I think five point six two or something. If you want to get that technical, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know so. We need people to feel comfortable because part, like I said, of being sexual, part of, you know, having good intimacy is removing the anxiety. The anxiety might be over, am I lasting long enough? The anxiety might be, am I big enough? Mm -hmm. Am I long enough? Do I have enough girth? Do I have enough this? We should take the focus on, is my partner climaxing? Is my partner having good intimacy? Is my partner orgasming regularly? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That should really be what the focus is. You know, sex is not an Olympic sport. There's not six judges sitting, you know, on the side of your bed holding up a card, 10, 9, 8.2. You know what I mean? Yeah. Focus on your partner. You know what I mean? Focus on, you know satisfactory intimacy for both partners, both partners climaxing. And that doesn't necessarily mean during intercourse because every female doesn't climax during intercourse. Mm-hmm. And you so, have products for women too, which I think is really great, right? Yeah, so it's well, not just for the guy. to expand, mm-hmm. the first thing we did, we went into lubes because a lot of men were telling us, hey, I was lasting 30 seconds. Now I'm lasting 15 minutes. I didn't have a need for lube before. Okay, great. Right. So we went into lubes. Then we went into condoms. You know, we wanted people to make sure they were safe. And mm-hmm. we did the condoms right before the pandemic, and we were giving out free condoms to make sure that people, you know, because they couldn't get access to condoms, everything was locked down. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Having, and people really lauded us for that. And I go, listen, this, we have a message, and the message is we want people to have safe, satisfactory, you know, intercourse or intimacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it, it got to a point that women were like, hey, what about us? We love your site. My boyfriend's getting all these, you know, products. So we did some extensive research. And the first thing we did was we came up with a woman's arousal gel. And I knew that there had been arousal gels out there. We did a lot of experimentation. And sometimes we laughed because all the people that work at the company, both male and female, before we introduce a product, we experiment with it we try it ourselves in our relationships because what better way to find out if something is effective or something works Mm -hmm. and you know i had a little bit of hesitancy because unlike our delay spray which is patented and scientific or our vitaflux which i'll get into a second which is like a nitric oxide supplement this is basically a gel that is just external you know Mm -hmm. and i was pleasantly surprised that, you know, my partner was like, wow, I really like this. It gives me a warming sensation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if you warm any part of genitalia, whether it's a penis or whether it's a vagina or a vulva, it increases blood flow. And the way that you mm -hmm. have, you know, proper sex is by having substantial blood flow into the clitoris, into the penis or whatever we happen to be referring to. Right. So... That was an immediate uh, success, and we're very fortunate with that. And then I wish I could say that we were, you know, this smart, but we have another product that clearly became our second bestseller after delay spray almost immediately, and it's a nitric oxide product called Vitaflux. Now, the reason that Vitaflux is so effective, people who know nitric oxide, a lot of people use it for workout, -workout, Mm pre-workout, that kind of stuff, because it increases blood flow. 
So this product has three amino acids, L-carnitine, L-citrulline, and Mm L-arginine. It also has magnesium and zinc, which are known, you know, sexual stimulants. So the way this product works is it increases blood flow, which decreases blood pressure, which is always really good. You know, obviously, the lower your blood pressure, the healthier your heart and everything else. Yeah. So that's good. At the same time, people don't realize that the reason a lot of workout people use nitric oxide supplements is the way that a workout works. You work out a muscle and it tears it down and it grows back stronger. That's how pe- that's why people lift and you know work out very heavily. The way that you recover is by getting oxygenated blood into the part that you're breaking down and that helps restore it. That helps really promote healing. Mm-hmm. So the same product by increasing you know, blood flow, not only does it decrease blood pressure, but it also decreases inflammation and helps you recover, whether it's stress-related, whether it's workout-related or whatever. But now we get into why it fits so nicely for us and why it's been such a popular product for us. Okay, this, this same effect of increasing blood flow increases blood flow, the man to the penis, the female to the clitoris. So it heightens libido, while at the same time giving a man more erectile strength. Mm -hmm. So it has sexual properties to it. Also for females, when you get into your early 40s, a lot of females start experiencing vaginal dryness. Mm -hmm. And that's because your epithelial layer of your arteries and your blood vessels hardens, and it makes it harder for hormones to absorb. This nitric oxide formula restores elasticity to the epithelial layer, allowing better absorption of hormones. So for men, it's more energy, it's more vigor, it's more muscle tone. For females, they feel more energy, but at the same time, they're able to moisturize a lot more naturally because of the softening of that epithelial layer and allowing better hormone absorption. So the product is phenomenal. It's It became our second leading product behind Delay Spray literally a month after we introduced it. Oh, interesting. So I have that too. I mean, your guy sent me a whole bunch of stuff. I'm a big supplement person. I love supplements. I've always been a hardcore like weightlifter. You know, that was like my way of working. So I, I know L-arginine and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, what I always look for when I'm buying supplements, I'm always Googling like how long should I feel like how long before I feel the effects, you know, when you take something yeah. like this, right? How long does it take to last? Like when, or to start Depending working. Depending on the person. Mm-hmm. When I started taking, and I take it religiously. Yeah. When I started taking, I noticed it within three or four days. Right. But okay. I know other people take up to two weeks before they start noticing it. So what I tell people is give it two weeks because I don't want someone that may take two weeks to tell them three or four days and get off of it. You know what I mean? Of course. But I know if you're going to have, and about 75% of people that take it absolutely feel better. There's 25% of people for whatever reason who take it go, I didn't notice that much of a difference. Right. And that must be just body chemistry, or maybe they have a lot of, you know, the same effects naturally, so they don't need it. So that's why we tell people to give it, you know, that amount of time. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, two weeks, because if you're going to feel something, you will feel it within two weeks, without a doubt. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to try that. I can't wait to start taking it. I'm always looking for like good new supplements to add in. Well, you know what I hear from a lot of people? Mm -hmm. This is crazy because I take L-arginine, I take L-citrulline, I take L-carnitine, I take zinc. 
I'm carrying around four or five bottles. Yeah. I got everything I need right in this one bottle. And that convenience factor is huge. People love that. Yeah, I like that because I have already a whole bunch of stuff I take. So the last thing I want to do is, I mean, I could delete three pills and just, you know, put in one because well, I do take the zinc. I take the allergy. It. Yeah, exactly. Now, and with the, the funny f- part is, yeah. yeah, one of our urologists on our advisory board developed this product and he developed it because a lot of his, you know, clients, uh, you know, his patients were saying, you know, they were in their 40s, 50s, hey, you know, I take this, 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 and this, because he had told them, and a real wealthy client he had said, you know, all these five products you gave me are wonderful, but I'm, I feel like I'm carrying a mini pharmacy around with me, like a, a vitamin racket, yeah. you know, CVS. Yeah. And he said, you know, can we develop this? And, and the gentleman, the physician we work with said, well, you know, would have to find a compounder and this and this. It's not that big of a deal. Just carry them all around. And the guy said, well, if I find a compounder, will you work with him? And the guy goes, well, yeah, this guy had to be very wealthy. So they did it. And they're the ones who put this together. So oh, I wish wow. I could say we were brilliant. But uh, this was hand-delivered to me by one of our doctors on our advisory board. <laughs> you have a pretty uh, uh, impressive advisory board, too. Like I said, I did a deep dive. And there's like a lot of people that, you know, you would just know by name by looking at it, right? You, I, I, What I want to know, because it, I found your story super interesting as well. This isn't the business that you were always in, right? Like, how did you transition into this? It's literally... On one hand, a heartwarming story. It's got a great backstory, but it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was a semiconductor uh, recruiting executive. I had what was the largest semiconductor engineering recruiting firm right. in the entire business, and it was successful. And I was very fortunate to be able to retire at fifty-three years old. So my neighbor, doctor, good friend was Dr. Ronald Gilbert, who was a urologist at Hogue Hospital in Newport Beach. So I went in for my yearly PSA, my yearly physical, being a 53-year-old man. And, you know, as we were chatting, he said, you know, I know your whole story because, you know, I had a wonderful upbringing. I have wonderful parents, but we were a little on the impoverished side, to, you know, be quite frank, when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. But we had a wonderful family. It was a great, you know, upbringing, but we just, my parents didn't make a whole lot of money, and my mom was just horribly at managing it. It was a, you know, chronic spender. And so it led to a lot of anxiety over money, you know, those kind of things. And we just knew as children there wasn't a lot of money available. So, you know, I was bound and determined to give my children one day the same, you know, great upbringing, but take the economic anxiety out of it. And I did have that opportunity. And so I was very fortunate. So when I went to see him, he says, you know, I developed this new product and it's not taking off as fast as I thought it would. You know, I respect your business acumen. Can you give me your opinion? You know, I know you came out here with two suitcases and $500 and made yourself successful. And Okay, great. So he starts explaining this to me. One thing led to another. I invested in the company and uh, he asked me to take it over. Uh, he wasn't satisfied with his former CEO and everything. I took it over. We started having success, and it was wonderful because this guy was one of the most gracious, nicest, just superb human beings I've ever met. And on January 27th in 2013, he was murdered in a case of mistaken identity. Somebody who had a prostate surgery 23 years prior at the VA decided he was going to kill the doctor, didn't get the name right, and killed the wrong person. Oh, my God, and I can't. It was just tragic. So I went from being a semiconductor right. <laughs> executive to basically being Dr. Dick Spray. You know what I mean? Like, uh, which right. is the most unlikely, you know, 
conversion in or transition in the history of U.S. commerce. But, you know, you don't always get to plan out your course in life. In some cases, life throws you a curveball here or there, and you adapt and you adjust. And I really feel it's been one of the most challenging, but also one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life, because it's allowed me to be much a much better communicator with partners that I have in life. It's allowed me to do something, you know, giving Ron, my partner who was murdered, a legacy other than the doctor shot by the crazy guy while also providing for his wife and his children, you know, that type of stuff. Right. And it's been an incredible journey. And, you know, there have been times where I'm like, hey, I'm supposed to be retired right now, not working 80 hours a week because <laughs> we're, we've <laughs> right. expanded. I mean, we've doubled and doubled again. We're going to double again this year. And, you know, when I first took over this, company, you know, we had, you know, this chest full of product in Ron's office. That was our, you know, that was our inventory, so to speak. And approximately a month ago, we moved into an 8,000 square foot corporate offices here in Summerlin, Nevada. Right. And, you know, I can't tell you how much pride that gives me to go, you know, I took over this company and we're doing, you know, you know, 30 grand a year, and then we go into millions of dollars a year, and now we're going to approach tens of millions of dollars a year. You know, there's a tremendous amount of pride in that. You know, I really feel very good at what I've done, and I feel the reasons why I did it are exceptional as well. And that gives you a certain sense of satisfaction when you can take a tragedy and, you know, I couldn't unring that bell. I couldn't bring Ron back to life. I right. couldn't you know, do anything. I literally, when I decided this is what I was going to do, I thought about the whole process of what had happened. And I thought the only two things in my control are to give him a legacy by making this company so successful. And every time I do an interview just like this, I mention his name mm -hmm. and I tell people this is his baby, this is his creation. I just had the business skills to commercialize it. And, you know, to hand checks for hundreds of thousands of dollars to his family a year now, you know what I mean, because of the success we're having, it makes you feel really good about who you are. It makes you feel really good about what you've accomplished because this is a family that is as wonderful as any family I've ever met in my life. They didn't deserve, you know, to have this happen to them. So anything I can do to give him a legacy and provide for his family is, is really and truly the best thing that I can do to help myself cope with this tragedy that everybody endured. Yeah, it was crazy when I came across that, right? Like I said, I was doing my deep dive. I'm like a Googleaholic. I just, you know, go from one yes. thing to another and I like to know things. I'm a very curious person. So, and then when I came to that story about the murder, you know, of your friend, I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, and then... It's insane. Yeah, It literally totally. is insane. I am surprised I haven't seen it on Dateline. Was it ever? Has it been a Dateline? It episode? wasn't on Dateline. There was a huge, huge, like, just the couple days after it happened, it was like on every news thing for yeah. a couple days. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of faded. It's coming back now as we become successful in the yeah. company really starts taking off. You're going to see a lot of us in the news in the coming year because we really have developed a brand and we are really growing rapidly. And there's some other things behind the scenes happening that are intriguing. Mm -hmm. I think that you'll see 
not only maybe something on Dateline, but you're going to see a book and even potentially a movie yeah. about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Because the story is just so, it's insane. I've been on planes. I travel a lot for business, not, yeah. not during the pandemic, but prior to that. And, you know, you te- tend to make small talk to the person next to you. And, oh, what do you do? Where are you headed? You know, so I'll explain you know, they'll go, where are you going? I go, well, I'm going to do this podcast in Southern California. I'm going to do a serious radio show. I'm going to talk to our manufacturer down in Texas. And, oh, what do you do? Well, it's this company. Oh, really fascinating. And so we start having a discussion. Invariably, how'd you get into this? And I tell them the story. I'm like, what? So we'll, we'll exchange cards, you know, business cards. Okay, here's my card, whether it's a male or female. Here's mine. Okay, great. Let's stay in touch. Fascinating story. I can tell you every single time that happens like clockwork, I can tell you that within 72 hours, I get an email. Because, you know, on your business card, there's always an email address. Yeah. Oh, my God. I started researching that story. That is insane. Yeah. Even though you seem like a legitimate guy, you seem honest and everything, we were on the plane, and I'm going, that's impossible. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Yeah. They go, I went, I can't tell you how often that has happened. They'll go, I went and I did my research that is the most incredible story I go I told you like they, they weren't go, believing you yeah 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 no they they literally go this guy seems because you know when someone meets me I'm not spectacular but I'm brutally honest I right. I don't believe in hyping anything I don't believe in you know what I mean the truth is the truth it mm-hmm. endures you know mm-hmm. and I've always been about having you know really substantive long-term relationships whether it's romance friends business parents you know, to children, why would you ever lie or try to be something you're not? And then at some point, if indeed you're starting to have a relationship, you got to go, wait, that was my ambassador. That wasn't really me. Uh, I mean, yeah, let me yeah. tell you who I truly am now. Yeah. You know, the That's way you a lot build of people, long-lasting though. friendships yeah. and relationships mm-hmm. is by being honest with one another. Right. And so, you know, for me, I've always been just upfront. But people, when they hear the story, they go, that's impossible. That is literally that... That's impossible. There's no way that's true. And when they see it and when it becomes obvious that it happened, it's funny. They almost feel like apologizing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. You know, like, I didn't think that was true. And I go, relax. I lived it. I lived it. I'm the guy, okay? And there are times I don't believe it. (laughs) I mean, how insane is that? There are times that I literally don't believe what I've experienced and what I live because it's too crazy. It's impossible. Yeah, and like you said, you couldn't have, you know, wrote the story yourself, right? It would sound too yeah. fantastic. Like it just would be like not believable, but it actually is it, it really did happen. And here it you happened. are, the head of a sexual wellness company like you said, right out like when you thought you were retiring and you were done. I, the last 10 years, I'm supposed to be golfing, <laughs> sipping a Mai Tai on, in yeah, Maui, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and here I am working 70 hours a week. Yeah, okay, talking like, to guys wait, online. Wait, you know? yeah. okay, how did this happen, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, and so, I mean, a little bit more backstory on you because, you know, the way you were talking about, you know, you lost your virginity at 15 and you, you know, or it seemed like you were always pretty open about sex because I feel like it takes a certain kind of personality to get into this business to begin with, right? So like... Oh, it does. Yeah. I promise you it does. Yeah. You can't be squeamish. You can't be thin-skinned. You can't be a prude. Right. I mean, we laugh at the company because 
there is nothing that we ever discussed that doesn't have a double entendre. You know what I mean? Like, well, of course, that can't yeah. be construed to say nothing. I mean, you know, like, okay, we got to really keep pounding. You know, oh, wait, wait, no, that's not right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, or, exactly. You know, we have to last. We can't be, you know what I mean? Like, we can't shoot our load too quickly here. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, wait, 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 wait. You know, yeah. I mean, it's crazy, you know? you ha- Yeah, you have to be so super have to have progressive. And you obviously were, I'm assuming, right? Like, are you married? Are you not? Were you promiscuous? Like, what would what was your deal? It's really if you don't mind getting I am into it. really kind of a unicorn, and yeah. I'm a one of a type mm-hmm. because I've never been married. But it wasn't because I'm commitment phobic or you know had this thing. I'm never going to be married. You know, my goal. I was a big brother for seven years before my son was born. I love kids. I love mentoring. You yeah, know, uh-huh. and I adore my son. We're very very close. So. My ideal scenario would have been the white picket fence with three children, happily married long-term, and it didn't work out that way. You know, I had a relationship with a woman who was a wonderful woman, and it didn't work out in, in into a marriage, and I became a full-time father, and so I raised my son, and it was my priority in life. But after he was born, and, you know, the first 17, 18 years of life, I was so focused on raising him, I had two long-term relationships during his, you know, uh, maturation during the time he was born till the time he was 18. And each one lasted multiple years. Mm-hmm. But I felt like once he went to college, I had kind of missed out being the straight laced. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was my early thirties, late thirties, where I should have been really out there exploring everything. I was a little buttoned down for my own taste, you know, but it was, I was a single dad raising yeah. a son and starting this business. So I kind of went, I don't want to say went off the deep end, but I was oh, like, okay, fun. let me see what I meant. Let yeah. me see what I missed here. You know, yeah, and I was yeah. like, well, I like being single. And so then I got to a point where, okay, now it's ready to settle down and have hopefully the relationship for the rest of my life. But I was very fortunate. I had quite a bit of success. And, you know, you have to be very careful when you're in your mid fifties and, I'll be real frank with you. I'm not attracted to women my own age. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Yeah. And, and I'm not one of these guys that look at dating 20-year-olds, but I'm 63, and I love women in their late 40s or early 50s. So mm-hmm. it's not – I don't want you to think I'm, like, hanging out at junior highs, Colin junior highs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm 63, but I love yeah. women 48 to, say, 55 mm-hmm. in, that, in that age range because I'm a very high-energy person. I'm extremely active. And I want someone that has similar interests. Yeah. And you get to a certain point, and I'm like, why would I get married now? You know? I mean, I can have a relationship that lasts the rest of my life and be totally committed and monogamous. Mm -hmm. But it would be very difficult because my son means everything to me. And I have a family trust set up, and it would take the right kind of woman, you know, because... I would not want to be in a situation to where my son, who's been my rock my entire life, sometimes I think he's more mature than me. Mm-hmm. He's very intelligent, he's very successful at everything. And I've worked really hard, and I've achieved quite a bit out of nothing. And I don't ever want to be in a situation where I might have to give away 50% of what I've worked my entire life for with someone I have a relationship for three or four years. Right, and then it gets so, taken away from your son, who, like you said, you, this is all for him. I would look at it. Yeah, because of course, yeah. I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. I have had tremendous success, but I have friends that laugh. They go, you spend less of your you know, discretionary income on your lifestyle than any human being on planet Earth, you know, <laughs> right. because 
I'm one of these people, you can only drive one car at a time, you can only live in one house at a time. Yeah. All my friends have these fractional, you know, jets, and or they own their own plane. I'm like, Southwest goes where I'm going, okay? Plus, I can meet some nice people, have a conversation. Right. Why the hell do I want to be flying on a plane by myself, okay? Right. Number one is boring. Number two, I'm blowing a hole in the ozone. My car's a Tesla what model why you know what i mean like yeah. i'm trying to be responsible show people have a good carbon footprint you know that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so to me i'm proud that you know when i was doing my trust and everything my accountant's like well what about this what about that i go everything's going to my son right. everything i go everything every freaking penny he is the most unassuming sweet nice human being i've ever met and he's made me so proud because even all my friends you know, and everything's like, I've never met a kid like your son. He's wonderful. And, you know, that gives you as a parent so much joy, you know? For sure. And he's successful in his own right, but I've worked hard for what I have. I wanted to go to him. And, you know, I I truly have no, I would get married to the right person if I found the right person. I'm, I have no objection to that. But I would want her to know that I certainly wouldn't want anything from her financially. And I would be certainly saying, hey, I'm a very generous person. We're going to live a great life. And, you know, upon my demise, if it happened to be before yours, you know, you can have the house. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when someone has a certain lifestyle, but, you know, I'm not giving you 50% of what it took me Uh, 63 years to save up, you know, after a couple of years, I would want that person to have the same lifestyle that we had. If say I had a partner for the next 20 years, hopefully I'm knocking on wood. I live that long, you know, uh, you know, I would want them to maintain the same lifestyle, but I've accumulated quite a bit over because people go, how did you, you know, get so much wealth? And I go, well, number one, when I was in those primary earning years, I wasn't out, sniffing cocaine and flying all over the world. I was a single dad raising a son. I was a PTA dad, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, coaching all his teams. So I just kept investing. Every time I'd make all this money, and I had this company that went insane, all I did was buy stocks and buy property and real estate, you know, and all this stuff, stuff that kept depreciating. And I'm very frugal by nature, and I'm pretty good business-wise, so this stuff just multiplied and multiplied. And then that's why at 53, I woke up. I'm like, I never have to work another day in my life. I'm, I'm done with this, you know? Yeah. And then I get sucked back in working harder. And now, of all things, this company went insane. And the crazy part was I took stock. I, I didn't take a salary. So I kept getting more and more equity in the company. And then the company had massive value, you know? Mm-hmm. So... The scenario as it began to transpire was like, here I was accumulating wealth and not spending it, but more importantly, I was investing it wisely, so it started multiplying. Right. Yeah. So I feel very fortunate. So we're in a position now that, you know, I just want to bring this thing to the finish line and, you know, eventually be acquired by a big company that then can reach the full potential because, you know, we're opening up you know, a lot of new retailers that are carrying our product and stuff. And, you know, we want to be in a position eventually to have this giant company that has all this market muscle and channel power to fully expand. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I'm really looking forward to my second retirement. And I'm promising myself when I retire this next time, I'm not coming back. (laughs) All right, yeah. I'm golfing, taking yoga, riding my bike, which I love to do. Hopefully have a partner traveling, you know what yeah, I mean, spoiling yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, 
and not working 70 hours a week until I'm 80 years old. Yeah, no, I get it. Wait, this the woman's thing. When you were talking about the um, the female arousal arousal gel, right? You were like, oh, if you put yes. it on any, if you warm any part of the body, right, the blood flows. Like, so when I hear that, I'm like, oh, could I put like, could a guy use it too, or is it just for a it's woman? It's funny you would mention that because we've had guys yeah. tell us, you know, I used the woman's arousal yeah, gel uh-huh. on my partner, and then I felt this warming, yeah. nice sensation, and I knew it was that. I, I go, well, actually, think about it. And the reason why it's geared towards women is we want women to feel like, yeah, we have products for you. Yeah. Guys already have Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, Promessa, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. try and make shots. It, it's like, do you have to, like, jack this one now, too? Okay? It does have that effect on men, and I've tried it myself. It does. Anything that promotes warming and blood flow That's is what going to give someone mm-hmm. a good sexual feeling. You know, right. there's this podcast called Two Wild Orchids that mm-hmm. I've done. They're mm-hmm. these women that have this sex podcast. And I laugh because they are so hilarious. And the one gal will go, you know what I'm wearing right now? And I'm like, what? And she'll go, women's arousal gel. I go, what? <laughs> she goes, I put it on in the morning. I just dab a little on my clitoris and on my bulb and everything because just during the day, I love to feel sexual. I love that feeling of warmth, anticipation when I get home, whether I'm going to be masturbating or my partner's coming over. You know what I mean? Yeah. She goes, I feel like it's an eight to 10 hour foreplay. And I start laughing. I'm like, you know, why don't more people think like that? You yeah, know, that totally. Mm-hmm. Good intimacy, good sex can be a whole day thing. It can be, you know, texting your partner during the day, can't wait to see you this evening, setting the mood. But that also includes setting the mood for yourself, feeling more sexual, feeling more aroused during the day, which is going to lead to a heightened intimacy later on that day. And isn't that what, like, being sexy is all about? I've always felt like, you know, if you really fucking love sex, you're going to be sexy. Like, that's what we smell from across the room when in somebody, right? Be sexy 24-7. Right. I think as men... A lot of people get into this mindset that sex starts literally upon penetration or sex starts when you kiss your partner and you, when your whole mind is going, okay, I got to get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got to get to the promised land. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to feel that orgasm. And I tell people, take a step back. You know what I mean? Start feeling it in the afternoon if you know right. you're going to be intimate that evening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And prepare for that. And, you know... When you come home at the end of the day, whether you're married or you live with someone, you know, give them a little bit of massage, you know, kiss them on the neck. You know what I mean? Right. Give them a slap on the behind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And let them know that you're turned on by them. Because one of the best things you can do as a sexual being, and especially if you're a male, because males tend to be more transactional, whereas women want to feel the mood for a longer period of time. But if you're a male... If you really want to receive pleasure from your partner, be unselfish. Right. The best way to be selfish is by being unselfish. Because if you make your woman feel sexy, if you really and truly cherish your woman and make her feel special, she's going to say, I want to take care of this man, okay? Mm-hmm. He makes me feel good. He makes me feel sexy. He makes me have great orgasms. I want him around, so I'm going to make sure he's satisfied. Right. So by being selfish, you know, you're going to make sure that you're not being pleasured. By being unselfish, you're going to make sure you get better care by your lover. Mm-hmm. And that's really important as a man to understand. 
Yeah, for sure. Now, do you, for this delay spray, right? I want to get into that um, a yes. little bit more detail because I'm going to have my guy use it. Now, he was like asking me questions when I was like texting him like, hey, I got this stuff. You want to use it next time we're together? And he's just like, okay. And, I, you know, I'm like, not that you have a, get, you know, <laughs> a, a problem. You know, you got to be so uh, walking on eggshells with guys. I mean, I don't know if you have, yes. know how to bring these kind of things up because I think a lot of times the, you know, that's the the block to communication, right? So you don't want to insult your partner. God forbid you tell a guy like, you know, he's coming too fast. Maybe like you said, he's going to get in his head. Like what were that? There's that fine line. I with- feel like I'm talking to myself when I talk to you. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. Yeah. So I do a lot of serious XM radio shows. I've been on sex mm-hmm. with Emily and shade 45. And, yeah. You know, Taylor Stricker's lifestyle, all these things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have call in. And I tell people, if there's a call-in, 50% of the people that call-in are going to be women, even though it's a men's product. It's yeah. a spray. Mm-hmm. And every woman's going to have the exact same product or problem. They're going to say, okay, we need to use this in our relationship. How do I bring it up yeah. without offending my partner? Mm-hmm. Every single time. Yeah. People used to ask me, you know, prior to you know, running this company, oh, what's the most fragile substance on earth? And prior to this, I would say, oh, it's a, a Fabergé egg or it's some fine British china. I can tell you right now, if someone says to me today, what is the most fragile substance on earth? It's undeniable. It's the male ego. Okay? Mm-hmm. It is the male ego. Totally, yes. So, and just the fact that women, every single one that goes, we need this, goes, how can I bring this up without freaking out my guy and causing anxiety? And I tell them the same thing. Make it a Fifty Shades of Grey night. Make it a fantasy night. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to get a feather duster, you know, a riding crop, a blindfold, and then Promescent's part of this package. You know, like we're yeah. going to have this fantasy night. Because once you allow a man to use Promescent one time, you're never, ever going to have to tell him, hey, let's try this ever again. Right. For this reason, guys love control. Guys love to feel like they're the master of the domain, that you know they basically have the reins. Mm-hmm. And I tell people this, think about this. If a man and a woman go on a date, there's a 99% chance the guy is driving the car. And if I see a man and a woman in a car and a woman's driving, the first thing that crosses my mind, that guy doesn't have a DUI, he doesn't have a driver's license, you know? Yeah. If you go into another couple's, you go, okay, we're going to watch TV tonight. Who's got the remote in his hand? The dude, okay, the guy. Guys have a phobia about being in control. Mm-hmm. So most guys just understand that the anxiety over whether it's coming too quickly or whatever is inherent. It's part of being a guy. But the first time that they experience intimacy where that's no longer an issue, they're like, oh, my God, someone just let me out of prison. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am now literally have to say to myself, okay, I have to concentrate and finish now because I can last as long as I want to. So I tell women, the most important thing is you can't say you're not lasting long enough, you don't satisfy me here, use this, because a guy's going to literally feel defensive and shrink from that kind of conversation. Exactly, right. But if you frame the conversation, let's have this fantasy night, and you don't make it personal like this is an issue. It's one of four or five things that are all involved in this fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's like give him this little bit of an appetizer, and he's going to make it a main course for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so allow him to feel like, oh, it's part of a package. It's not personal. It's not like that you're inadequate. And if you give him that opportunity 
to use the product, you won't have to bring it up again. He's going to make sure that he's using the product. Right. So that's the important part. He'll feel empowered Don't by that personal. control Don't that he say, has. You're inadequate. You're not <laughs> satisfying. Me. Right, right. Now, let me ask you this because, you know, so you spray this on, right? I think one of the important yes. things for people to know is that it doesn't transfer to the partner, right? Correct. It's patented, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, and this is sometimes people say, my God, I'm so glad I finally used this because, you know, I had used other lidocaine based sprays before. Yeah. And they completely numbed me, or if it's a woman, they completely numbed my partner. They transferred to me. So literally, there's two people, you know, both moving and thrusting, but we're like, are we even having sex? I can't feel anything. Everybody's numb. And the brilliance of, and this is, make no mistake about it, as complex as it seems, and this product is revolutionary, it comes down to one factor. Ron, Dr. Gilbert, had figured out, that the way to have an effective PE product, because when he was a urologist, mm-hmm. and, you know, he saw people at ED, he had five, six different choices, Cialis, Viagra, Levitra, Stendra, Trimix injections, all this stuff. Someone came to see him for prostate issues, he had many choices. In, in, in continency, he had all these choices. People came to see him with PE, it was like, well, here's your two choices. You can take SSRIs, which are ser- selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors of depression drugs, mm-hmm. because one of the side effects is they allow you to last longer, but in some cases, you can't ejaculate at all. Yeah. And you also get dry mouth, nausea, and loss of libido from uh-huh. those products. So I'm like, wait a second, I think I'd rather have PE, okay? Totally. So you can either do that, or you could try Emla or one of the numbing creams, and they allow you to last longer, but in some cases you can't ejaculate. Both you and your partner are totally numbed up. So he decided the best route to take was to try to figure out a way to take lidocaine and change the crystal structure of lidocaine because it's a solid, so it sits on the surface of the skin. So what they did was they went in conjunction with a Dr. Tony Capamaccio, who's an inorganic Ph.D. chemist. They literally changed the structure of lidocaine from a crystal, which is a solid, to an oil aqueous form. When you do that, it penetrates the dermis or, you know, stratum corneum, the skin. So it literally goes to the fatty tissue underneath the skin, away from the surface, five to ten minutes after application. So a man maintains a much higher degree of surface sensitivity, and it doesn't transfer to the female. Right. So you put it on, and then you wait that five to ten minutes so it doesn't transfer? You put it on, then you have a five to ten minute wait. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, you can put it on flaccid. You don't have to have a raging heart on to put it on. Okay, that's good to know. You apply it to the Mm -hmm. frenulum, which is the underside of the head of the penis. Mm -hmm. And then you wait five to ten minutes. Oh, so you just only need it in that area. That's the... Some people use it down the shaft, yeah. but that is the area where the the highest you know number of uh, uh, the, the the sensory nerves are. So almost every man that has rapid or premature ejaculation, it centers from the nerves in the frenulum, the underside of the penis. And now my second question about it is, you know, so say so I put it on my partner, right? He gets a hard on and now I'm finished, right? And now yes. can he turn it off like when he wants? Like I mean could you were saying it doesn't stop him from ejaculating, right? So Oh no, you still will ejaculate. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh but it takes away that over the edge where you literally have to say, Okay, now I'm ready to finish. Right. And you with a lot of men you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, you'll see a greater, you know, uh, urgency of thrusting. You know what I mean? So a guy literally has to say, okay, I want to turn up the RPMs here and finish. You know what I mean? Uh, 
And so it gives you just a much greater degree of control, but you can certainly still finish. Right. So it's just taking the edge off. It's not going to numb them out. It, so we that's can, exactly. Right. That's the mm-hmm. phrase that, you know, actually we should probably make that our tagline, take the edge off, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's all so, that it does yeah. so that you could still come whenever you want. But like you said, have more, a little bit more control. You have more control. Mm-hmm. It's, it gives you the power of deciding when you're going to finish as opposed to, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, my God, not that. No, no, no. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm as honest as you are. So, yes. you know, I can't wait to give my personal recommendation for it, right? No, and we want a- that. We yes. want, you know, Emily Moore, Sex with Emily, and yeah. Dr. Laura Berman, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Rena Malik, you know, the urologist, and, you know, all these people we work with. We tell them, you know, we want you to try these products. Yep. We want you to try the lubes, whether it's organic or water or silicone. We want you to try Vitaflux, Women's Around. We want your honest feedback because we know the majority of people that use these products are very happy with them. And I think it helps give your audience a sense of trust. Yep. When you go, I've tried this. Mm-hmm. It works. You know, I'm For very sure. happy with this. It's a, it's a great product. And, uh... It's important that, you know, we work with influencers and we work with people who have podcasts or radio shows that connect with their audience that aren't just slinging freaking 40 products. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, you go, is there a show here or is this yeah. just an infomercial? Yeah, yeah, you know? I hate that. Uh-huh. And it's really important because we're proud of our products and we have clinical trials and, you know, they're all produced in, you know, some cases, class 100 clean rooms, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we take a great amount of pride and, you know, we make all our products here in the U.S. and they're done in the strictest, you know, uh, OTC pharma guidelines and there's science behind them. They work. So we want people to find us through education and really understand who we are, what we do. That's important. And to make products that better people's lives and give them better sexuality. And your condoms, I love that you offer condoms too. I'm a big, I, I really promote, I, you know, condom usage. I can't, I always will ask my uh, callers, like, do you use condoms? It's always one of my favorite questions because I would say nine out of 10 times, they're being honest with me because they're anonymous. And the answer is no. I think not enough people use condoms. I think I was always, you're right. I was always a hypochondriac. And I always say like hypochondriacs are the safest people to sleep with because those are the people yeah. that are always using a condom. You know, I'm like, if you're my booty call guy, you're not, your dick isn't touching my leg without a condom because I know as a hypochondriac that I could get herpes like with on the outside you know what I mean like so people just are not thinking right we have ultra thin we have ribbed we have regular right our condoms are as good as anything out there yeah but I'm going to be honest with you yeah. and a lot of people don't realize this mm-hmm. probably 80% of the condoms mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. are made in basically three factories you know what I mean in, so it's Indonesia. the same shit right okay it's I swear to god one day they're running X condoms and they're running 2 million of these and the next day they're running... With a different... It is the craziest thing. Okay. Now, there are some out there that have their own, you know, lines and those tend to be the ones that are substandard because they're made, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Outside of that. But for anyone to say we have this revolutionary condom, it's better than anything out of the market is mostly marketing hype. Okay, that's good to know. Because most condoms are made in the exact same mega factories that are like a block long you know what i mean and hilarious you know you go okay here's i need three million the next day someone else needs four million so 
there are some knockoffs and lower level ones, but if it's a big brand, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're generally almost the exact same. They're coming off the same line. Right. And it it just depends on what they're running. So, but I'm like you, I was fist bumping instead of handshaking two (laughs) years prior to the pandemic. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm like super careful. So like you, I'm a big believer in being as careful as you can be. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, if I am in a committed long term relationship No way. Yeah, you don't need that. One partner, mm-hmm. then I will get to a point, especially at my age, because I've had a mastectomy and in a lot of cases my partner doesn't have to worry about becoming pregnant because, you know, they're already fifty years old and they're not ovulating anymore in some cases. Yeah. So if it's a committed long-term relationship, then I will not use condoms, but it's only when I have one exclusive partner. You know what I mean? Exactly. We've both been tested. We both know that we don't have any, you know, anything transferable. Mm -hmm. But if anything short of that, I'm using a condom. I'm like you. It's like, you know. Yeah. I don't need someone else's past sexual history thrust onto me without my knowledge, you know? Exactly. And because like I said, I know I have a lot of guy friends, uh, women friends, I'm always I'm very open people tend to sit across from me and tell me everything, for some reason. And you know, I know most people are not using them. So you know, and if you're so I think condom usage now is 10% among people. It's crazy, scary, crazy. Yeah, I know. And I like I I know people who literally sleep around who don't use condoms. I can't those are the people that don't the most. Those are the yeah. people that don't the most. That's why if I have like any, I've had like long-term booty call guys. I tend to like to be with one person, you know, even if it's not someone I'm committed to, someone I'm just having sex with the same person. It's just more comfortable for me. But that guy, I don't give a shit what you're doing with anyone else. But like I said, your dick is not touching my leg without a condom because no, that's, I don't want to worry about it. you have one steady person, you don't know what he's doing right. outside of he's your steady person, but he might have three steady people, exactly. you know? Exactly. And oh, fine, yeah. but I don't want to. I'm not going to be affected by that. I don't have to worry about it. And I, like I said, I think it oh, that came from the hypochondriac part of me. But like, whatever. That's yeah. you know, one of my long-term booty call guys was an uh, another hypochondriac, so he was very into it as well. So it was never a problem, you know. But we've all met those people because, like you said, it's ten percent that are using them. That you know, they just you know, everyone's so quick to throw that out the window. But I think they're fucking dumb. I'm always yeah, like very pro condoms. I'm one of these people that I take three showers a day. I literally, I don't feel like I'm awake until I take a shower. Right. So sometimes I'll get up at like 5 a.m. I go take a 5.30 spin class. I take a quick shower before I go. I don't feel like I'm awake until I have a shower, you know? Mm -hmm. So of course, after I come home from spin, I got to take a shower. So by 10 o'clock in the morning, I've had my second shower already, you know? Or I go take a hot yoga class, whatever. And then for me, before I go to bed, whether I'm with someone Certainly, if I'm with someone, I just like to shower before bed. I like feeling fresh. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even if I'm alone, I sleep better if I have a nice, relaxing shower before bed. I'm sorry, but I, I had a Russian girlfriend who uh, turned me on to nighttime showers. I never took a shower at night. I went into bed dirty. and you know, and, yes. But I never looked at it that way until my one girlfriend was like, oh, I always take nighttime showers. I'm like, why would you take a shower at night? She's like, that's disgusting. You want to get into your sheets with all that dirt from the day? And I was like, oh my God, why did I never see it that way? Right. And I started to take nighttime showers. And I have to say, there's nothing more relaxing 
than a nighttime shower. When you don't have any place to go and you're winding down for the day, there's such a different vibe to your nighttime shower than your morning shower. I highly recommend a nighttime shower. I it changed my that, life. I love them. That I never go to sleep without taking a shower. Yeah. And I tell people this all the time. Generally, when you're taking a shower, either in the morning or the afternoon, you're taking a shower with a destination in mind. Yeah. Okay, i got to get the shower yeah, yeah, and yeah. get ready to go do this. Or I... I'm just coming home from, you know, this is like a big shower. When you have a nighttime shower, it is the most relaxing yep. thing possible. There's no destination. Yep. There's no hurry. There's no time constraint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is almost like you're indulging yourself. And I know sometimes I'll stand there underneath and just like for two minutes and literally just lose track of thought and just feel totally. the water coming down on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is literally... I feel like the day's problems washing down the drain. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a part of my routine and it definitely sets me up to have better sleep. I like getting into my bed. I know it's super clean because every night I get in there, if you think about it, right? I'm totally clean. I'm getting in my sheets. Whereas if you're like, everyone listening to this is going to probably, I don't know if you're going to be like me, but when I heard it the first time, the I was like, The water bills Duh. are going to go up across the country. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're going to be like, why? you're getting in your bed like with all that filth you have on you for the whole day. Yes. And then you're getting in there. Like that's kind of gross. And I never, literally until one of my girlfriends told me about but I never thought of it that way, right? I was like everybody else, just take a shower in the morning. But I highly recommend nighttime showers. I also <laughs> recommend Promescent. Uh, people have to go to the website like I did at first, right? Just to look around because you'll be super impressed. There's that, you know, you could watch the Orgasm Gap video, learn about that, even though you learned it here. You could see all the different products that you offer. I'll have some deals for you to offer. I'm going to give my reviews of it soon, right? Because by the time this airs, maybe I'll have it. It'll be in my intro. Um, I right. think it's a me where could you, cause you said in the beginning, Oh, you know, sometimes I'm online and I'm talking to my customers. Like if people want to go and ask questions, where do they, and maybe be talking to you, where is that on the website? Where do they go? There's a uh, place that says contact us. I'm going to go one step further. I'm yeah. going to give out my email address right here. No way. And That's amazing. People to reach out directly to me. You know, people tell me I'm the most hands-on CEO they've ever seen. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. This is a highly personal issue for a mm-hmm, lot of people. Mm-hmm. And this is something you don't want to go into without having all the knowledge. So my email address is jeff.abraham, A-B-R-A-M-H-A-M, like Abraham Lincoln, jeff.abraham at promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T at promescent.com. Anyone who has any questions, I encourage them to reach out directly and ask those questions. And you... I guarantee you, you will get an answer in a relatively short period of time, some cases hours, but at least within 24 hours. That's amazing. And I do this when I do podcasts, I do radio stations. And I've had literally people send an email go, this isn't really you, is it? And I'm like, yeah, it is. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah, and I wouldn't I'm like, believe it. Well, what do you yeah. think? I'd go there and give out a fake email address? Uh-huh. And, and they go, but yeah, but you might be inundated with emails. And I go... I will answer each and every one as long as it's a, obviously a question about you know something that's relevant mm-hmm. because this is an important topic and you know we have emails that are heartwarming and they're like this changed my life I had stopped dating I was so tired of being disappointed disappointing my partners you know that blah 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 and this changed my life or you know Vitaflux you know my wife and I feel like we're you know whatever again. On one hand, it's invigorating. On one hand, you go, that's great. We helped this guy. But at the same time, 
I go, think about how many people that are suffering in silence. Yeah. Think about how many people that aren't listening to this podcast, that podcast, yeah. that literally have given up and aren't searching anymore because they've been disappointed so many times. Mm-hmm. So for me, as long as I'm running this company, I'm going to be accessible and right. approachable. And I'm going to share the knowledge that the last 12 years that I've been able to accumulate, you know, because it's helped me in my life. And, you know, one of the greatest things you can do as a human being in any situation is use what you've learned, become a mentor, use what Mm -hmm. you've learned so that it makes the path easier for the next person coming down that same path. Exactly. At the end of the day, you are helping people. And I know like when it comes to sex, right, I have this podcast and people could look at just the titles if they never listen to my show and be like, oh, you have like a dirty sex show or whatever you want to kind of judge me. But if you really listen, it I'm actually helping people. That's why I started my podcast because I do like to help people. And, you know, I can't tell you how many emails I get. And there, there's nothing more gratifying than that. Right. So it's the yes. same thing for you. You know, yeah, you have something and it's a dick spray, but you're helping people like this is we're helping yeah. people. If some of these I should put some of these on the website. Some of these emails we get are just, like I said, on one hand, it's heartwarming. On the other hand, you go, this is one fraction of 1% of the people out there exactly. that need something to help them out. Right. Unfortunately, we've created, especially in this country, because I've traveled all over Europe and Asia, and it's amazing how so many other countries have so much more of an open I know. attitude about sex and yeah. they communicate. In some yeah. reason, in this country, it's like, it's ridiculous. oh my God, you can't talk about it, you can't think about it. You get, what? Yeah. I mean, I, if very people worry in this country uh-huh. as much about having good intimacy as they do about their hairstyle uh-huh. and what kind of shoes they're wearing, everyone would be better off. There'd be a lot less tension and fighting and anger in the world, you know? Totally. So it's really important. And I, I'm, I'm like you when people say, oh, my God, we have this dirty talk show. It's talking about sex. It's a function that everyone does, okay? It's important that we have venues like this where people can find out in a frank and unafraid fashion to address issues that everyone faces. Absolutely, exactly. People take it too seriously. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't have people on that are having sex with children. You know, I mean, it's all consenting yeah. adults talking about things. And these are the things that people do. You know, let's keep talking about sex. I think it's super positive. Uh, you know, you're you are helping people. I think that that's great. I'd love to help my audience. I'm going to get every all the links and your email and everything will be in the description below. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like I could talk to you for another pleasure. two hours. You're super interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to try your products. And you have my contact information. I want your honest, unabashed feedback, which I'm sure you'll provide. I will. Sure, I promise. Okay, thanks so much for calling in, Jeff. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. You too. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly.